probably shouldn't have looked in that window. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, The Giraffe and the Pelly and Me, by Roald Dahl, illustrated by Quentin Blake, published by Penguin Young Readers. The Giraffe and the Pelly and Me drops in on a boy with a dream, who meets a group of animals that happen to be quite entrepreneurial. They have their very own window washing business that they hope will put food on the table. Along the way, they help a rich duke with more than just his dirty windows. Will they all achieve their dreams with the duke's help? Or will these animals see something they weren't supposed to, and get themselves into a whole lot of trouble? Well, bring a squeegee, grab your books if you got them, and let's get cooking. We open on a boy describing to us a house where he lived that had a retail space on the first floor, and in it used to be a candy store. Sounds like a great place to live. The smell of chocolate, you can rent out the bottom for a little extra cash, and if you forget any special occasions, say an anniversary, you can just run downstairs. It's a win-win-win. Passive income and a happy wife. But out of nowhere, someone renovated the house, throwing in a massive front door and putting signage on the retail space window that says something about window cleaners. Talk about going from a great thing to a terrible thing real fast. Now whoever lives there is going to be waking up to the sound of squeegee squeaking. Not to mention having to smell chemicals all day. Sure, you'd have cleaner windows, but you'd be so high on the fumes, you wouldn't know if that was sunlight coming through your window or if you were just seeing lights. As the boy's staring up at the house like, What the fuck is this shit? Who wants a window cleaner? I had somebody clean the windows on my car once, and they held me up by gunpoint. They cleaned me clear out. Talk about a racket. But back to this tale. A window opens up on the third story, and we see a giraffe poke its head out. Oh no, they're harboring animals for the exotic animal trade. I knew it was a front. I mean, how much money can he make cleaning windows anyway? Well, more than what I make off this podcast. But a whole lot less than selling exotic animals. Another window opens up, and out pops a pelican. And the boy says, quote, I asked, who is your friend in the next window? End quote. To which the pelican responds, F off, boy. Quit snooping around here. Well, actually, he answers it rather politely, telling him she's a giraffe. So we've established that animals talk in this one. Why didn't the boy just ask the giraffe directly then? I'm sure she can speak for herself. Or was he just thinking the one with the biggest mouth would be the biggest talker? Because that would make sense. What happens next? A monkey pops out of a third window and begins to sing and dance about cleaning windows. Talk about desperate for a sale. If they're not careful, this guy's going to scare away all the customers. For some reason, though, this boy is enamored with these animals. And once they know the boy is hooked, 
the pelican flies down to seal the deal and pulls the old Kevin Spacey, telling him to hop up into his mouth. So what does the boy do? No, he doesn't tell him he's gotta go because his mom told him not to get into strangers' mouths. No, he jumps right in, practically asking to be trafficked. The pelican carries him way up into the sky and drops him to his demise, ending the threat to their smuggling ring. Well, that's what I thought would happen. He actually takes the boy up to meet the giraffe. They must really be a window washing company. Huh. And they're working hard to sell this boy, who clearly has no money. Terrible business. Figure out your prospective customer. Shoes. And what do you know? The giraffe can speak. That's why it's not polite to speak about someone right in front of them. So the giraffe introduces herself to him, and we learn the boy's name is Billy. She then explains to Billy the situation, that they spent too much money on the space, and they don't have any money to eat. They're starving. Oh boy. Here comes the poor, poor, pitiful me play, and them asking for a free handout from the boy. Huh. They actually don't do that. The draft says they need work to get their business going so they can buy themselves their own food. Well, maybe you should have made a business plan before you spent so much money on the building and sign. But I can't fault him for wanting to work, so I'll give him that. Just as she's explaining their embarrassing yet dire situation, a mysterious butler rolls up asking the animals if they can clean all the windows on the Duke's house. Well, that was easy enough. I guess sometimes work will just come to you. So they all head to the Duke's house, including Billy. He must be an unpaid intern at this point. They arrive, and my, that's a lot of windows. This is going to be a huge payday. But look who's outside to meet them. Quote, Who are you? said the Duke. We are the window cleaners, sang the monkey, the giraffe, the pelly, and me. What about you? The Duke said to me. End quote. Hell of a song. But what about the kid? And Billy's like, Ah, I'm the new guy. They probably didn't have enough time to fix the song. Just making the kid look like a damn foo. Well, the giraffe chimes in and basically says just that. Telling the Duke he's lending a hand. And then she explains each person's job. And how they're all going to help clean the windows. And Billy's? He's learning. So he's just going to watch. The Duke doubts the animals, saying, There's no way in hell they'll be able to get to the top windows. Just what in the heck am I paying for here? But the giraffe is like, Watch. My neck can grow as long as I want it to. She should have picked a different profession. Like a tree trimmer. They make great money. As it turns out, they were able to get to every window and were speedy and thorough. The perfect workers. Service with a smile. But when our animal window washers get to the top window, they spot something precarious. And the animals stop what they're doing and are like, I know we're only supposed to be looking at the window, but on accident, we looked through the window. 
and we spotted something. And the giraffe breaks it to him. Quote, Duke, she said, there's a man in that window. End quote. Oh my. I wouldn't have touched that one. His wife's cheating on him. But they also claim he's taken shit. Yeah, his wife. What do you know? The Duke explains that where that guy is, is where his wife's jewelry is. Uh, yeah, we figured that. But it still doesn't explain how he knew they were there, and how he got up there. The last thing I'd be worried about is my wife's jewelry. Unless they're in an open relationship, and she's just using him for his money. Rich people are weird. That I could see. But they call the police on the guy. Smart thinking. And the Pelly spits out all the Windex in its mouth and flies into action. Going straight into the room. And then coming back with a full mouth. Yep, he snatched the guy right up. It's going to take a whole hell of a lot of Windex to get his mouth clean after that. The police show up and the Pelican spits the guy out, turning him over into their custody. Somehow he was able to get dressed in the Pelly's mouth. That's good. After the police leave with the guy, the Duke goes on about how expensive his wife's jewelry is. He's either trying to square that circle to himself, or trying to cover it up to everybody else. But either way, he's almost begging the window-washing animals to steal from him. Oh, thank goodness. That jewelry was super expensive. You could just take it and disappear and go live off of it for three lifetimes. No one would ever know. We leave it out and never check on it. Did I mention we never lock that window? Oh, security systems, they're just too complicated. You animals are going to work here next week when we're all out of town, right? Right. The Duke then asks, quote, Tell me, are you hungry? We're very hungry, said the giraffe, the pelican, and the monkey. Go and eat in my garden, you three, said the Duke. End quote. We save the guy's precious jewels, and this is how he rewards us? No burger? No nothing? Go and eat some rotting leaves in my backyard? We can't even wash them off! We're definitely taking that guy's jewels. And then we're burning this place to the ground. But wait, there's more. The Duke tells them they can all live there. No more paying mortgage on that house. They're bunking with the Duke. Sounds a little too good to be true. The Duke then looks to Billy and is like, You did absolutely nothing. But, do you want anything? And this is when Billy explains to him his own business venture of starting a candy store, right where the animal window cleaner store was. Wow, that's some sick shit. He befriended those animals and then begs the Duke to help him take their house? You think you know a guy. But not only does he want to take their place, he wants to put in a business that has already been there and failed. That sounds like a genius idea. 
It's like putting a restaurant in a spot where another one has already failed. Oh, ours won't fail like theirs. What did they make? Pizza. Huh. What do you make? Pizza. But ours is totally different. Right. Well, the Duke being old and having more money than he knows what to do with is like, YOLO. Let's do it. And they form an unlikely partnership, completely screwing over the animals. The boy and the Duke get the shop opened, and look who shows up. Yep, it's his animal friends. Like, what the hell happened to our home? But the boy claims they were best friends, even after all this. Well, it's easy to be friends with someone when you're on the winning side of every deal. And this paperback ends on the animals having to go. Probably because the Duke is taking advantage of them, and the whole room and board thing wasn't what it was cracked out to be. We had no clue we'd be sleeping in his backyard, and he works us so hard. All we get fed is grass clippings. It's horrible. Help us. And the boy's waving at him like, See you later. As the monkey sings one last time. Those poor exploited animals. This was the long con between the boy and the duke to get these animals out of this house. And I didn't see it coming. What's the moral to this one? Well, I do love that Rald didn't have these animals take a free hand out. They were the epitome of hard work. And you know, sometimes they're gonna fall on hard times. But if you work hard, you'll be able to put food on your table and maybe even have a successful business. But on the other hand, if you consistently make mistakes like paying too much on a house or trusting an innocent looking kid in Duke, you may not be successful, but at least you won't starve. What do I think of Rald's work? Well, at first, this paperback comes off as a pointless becoming friend's tale, but there's commentary on entrepreneurship throughout. And on top of that, there's a con going on in here, which makes it quite a heady read. Maybe this one is not considered one of his classics, probably for a multitude of reasons. But it did have plenty of action to keep everyone entertained. As for Quentin's illustrations, they were simplistic and clearly hand-drawn, and they just worked with the writing, giving off a vibe of curiosity and nostalgia. If you're looking for a book with a clear plot, as clear as the windows the giraffe, the pelly, and the monkey cleaned, this isn't it. But if you want something that'll keep you guessing, even after you close it, like the windows they were cleaning, this one's for you. On a scale from 1 to 5, I'm giving this book a 3.6. I'll have a heapin' helpin' and go back for another couple of servants. But then I gotta get back to work. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.